Most of us who love nature would say, I feel God's presence in nature. And sometimes a little practical help in connecting with God when we're outside is helpful. So I created a free resource for you to download and enjoy. It's called A Sense of His Presence, and it's a devotional notebook that will give you five practical ways to connect with God in nature through your senses. So just go to my website, lauriekaler.com, and you'll find your guide, A Sense of His Presence. It's my gift to you, a free download to help you connect with God in nature more. Welcome to the Nature of Hope podcast. I'm your host, Lori Kaler. Here we will take 15 minutes to step back, delight in nature, and discover God. My goal is to give you hope in your daily walk and increase your awareness and enchantment in the beautiful world God created for us to take part in. If you sometimes feel disenchanted with life or disconnected from God, this is the place for you. If you pull over for sunsets and sometimes you feel like your church is outside, this is for you. Come with me and let's explore the animals, the quiet forests, deep under the seas, and high on the mountaintops, all that God has made for us to delight in. It's time to de-stress and refresh in the nature of hope. So, I want to talk about compasses. You know, those analog little round things that always point north? Yeah, that. It's funny, rarely do people have those anymore. We all rely on our phones and GPS. But if you listen to my other podcast, This Outside Life, where I interview a man in Scotland who leads tours hiking mountains, you'll hear about why you need a compass as well. Oftentimes, he's been with people whose GPS or phone didn't work in the remote area they were hiking. That's when you need to learn to use a compass and a map. Otherwise, up on some of those crags in the middle of a dense Scottish fog, you could die. His interview was fascinating. But I think today, more than ever, we need a compass of sorts to get direction for our lives. Too many of us are depending on others, even those in authority, to tell us what to think and what to do. This is scary, because what if that person is wrong? What if they are passioned, sincere, but their directions are faulty? The whole trajectory of your life could get off track. This can apply to dating, parenting, politics, and life in general. Who you listen to for your compass heading matters a great deal. So today I'm going to read a bit from my chapter entitled Compass from my book, This Outside Life. And I hope in these times of impassioned political opinions, wars and rumors of wars, and crazy viruses, we can get reoriented. We need a good compass to succeed in life. So let's explore. At least the moon is out, I thought to myself, peering at the inky black water. There were six of us going on this night dive, and it was my first time doing a night dive. 
the boat bobbed in the chilly waters of Port Phillip Bay, Australia, and I tried to act as if it was no big deal. I was a collegiate all-American swimmer. I had done dozens of scuba dives in these waters. This was just another one, except it was night and very, very dark underwater. Our instructor reminded us about watching our gauges for air consumption and making sure both our torches, which is what the Australians call flashlights, were in working order. In potentially dangerous situations, the rule is one is none, two is one, meaning if one of your items is lost or not working, you've got nothing. You'll need a backup. We had backup torches, secondary regulators to breathe with, and the buddy system. The goal of this dive was to complete navigation exercises with a compass for our rescue-level diving certificate course. I was going to be using my new compass I had purchased while visiting home in California a few weeks ago. Let's go, mates, the instructor said as he heaved himself backward off the gunwales of the boat. We all followed him and flung ourselves backward, splashing onto the surface and gurgling down to the nighttime depths. Crabs scuttled away from the beam of our flashlights as we descended to the ocean floor. A small trickle of icy water entered my wetsuit and coursed down the back of my neck. I shivered. Fish darted by, and I tried not to be nervous about the fact that I couldn't see lights. What was out there? Should I be watching for anything? Do sharks sleep at night? But nobody else seemed concerned, and I had a job to do, so I turned my attention to my gauges. I was supposed to be the compass reader in my group of three. Another person was reading the map on waterproof paper. We followed the instructions precisely. After 30 seconds of finning, I pointed west, then after a while, north. Then one person started disagreeing and gesticulating that my directions were off. He pointed to his compass, which showed a different reading than mine. I shook my head violently. This was a new compass, and it worked perfectly. They were wrong. They acquiesced to my American confidence, and after 15 minutes of following our instructions, we all surfaced together. We blinked stupidly at the shore, which shouldn't have been so far away. We turned and saw our boat, way too far away as well. We looked at each other. I spit out my regulator, completely confused. Brian, an Australian who wasn't shy about making fun of Americans, was a little more pointed. You yanks, you think you know everything. We are completely off course. But this compass is brand new, I said. I just bought it. It's not my fault. Brian grinned. And what hemisphere did you buy your fancy new compass in, sweetheart? His broad Queensland accent dripped with sarcasm. I started to say, the nor... But I stopped in mid-sentence. The truth dawned in my brain as my mouth formed a perfect O. I had bought this compass in California, in the Northern Hemisphere, and Australia, where I was living, was in the Southern Hemisphere. Duh! Compasses are designed to work with the Earth's magnetic field, 
not with a physical pole stuck in the Arctic somewhere. And the Earth's magnetic field is composed of several fields, which are all layered on top of each other and interact with each other. They are the Earth's conducting fluid outer core, magnetized rocks in the Earth's crust, fields generated outside the Earth by electric currents flowing in the ionosphere and magnetosphere, electric currents flowing in the Earth's crust, usually induced by varying external magnetic fields and ocean currents. So all that science just means for a compass to work properly, its needle must be free to rotate and align with the magnetic field. The difference between compasses designed to work in the northern and southern hemispheres is simply the location of the balance, a weight placed on the needle to ensure it remains in a horizontal plane and hence free to rotate. In the northern hemisphere, the magnetic field dips down into the earth so the compass needle has a weight on the south end of the needle to keep the needle in the horizontal plane. In the southern hemisphere, the weight needs to be on the north end of the needle. If you did not change the weight, the needle would not rotate freely and hence would not work properly. So, while my compass was new, it wasn't designed to work in the southern hemisphere. It worked sort of. It pointed in the general direction, but it wasn't accurate and didn't get me to the right destination. Although I was enthusiastically following it with good intentions, all that energy was wasted. It got me off course, so I missed my target. For this exercise, it was a minor inconvenience and a lesson in geophysics. No harm done. But trusting unreliable guides in life can have major consequences. It can result in disastrous results that can last a lifetime. Thousands of Americans lost their life savings listening to bad investment advisors who promised to make them rich. I've had friends accept the direction of paid counselors and then give up way too soon on their marriages. They are now wishing they had a partner and are competing for attention with women 20 years younger. My hackles rise when I walk into a public place such as an auto dealership's waiting room and see people glued to the TV screen where talking heads pour out bad advice. They hang onto the words of these experts as if they hold the key to success, happiness, and fulfillment in life. It's like those old newsreels of thousands of people riveted to Adolf Hitler's words. Mesmerizing, for sure, but accurate? truthful, great advice? Hardly. But the world is full of so-called experts who are looking for sheeple to follow their advice. And sometimes it's our own family members. The first time I participated in a Bible study, I made the comment, God helps those who help themselves. The leader, Carol, turned to me with a soft smile and asked in her Texan drawl, where'd y'all get that? I thought for a moment. Where did I get that? I think it was my dad, I said. Carol answered, I'm sure your father is a wonderful person, but honey, that's not in the Bible. It wasn't? All these years, I had taken that phrase as gospel, and yet it wasn't biblical. It was from Benjamin Franklin, actually. I was relieved. I never liked the thought that my work and effort had to be deemed worthy before God would help me. I prefer Jesus' offer. Come to me, 
all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. As Christians, we know where to go for life's direction, but we don't always turn to it. We, okay, I'll admit it, just I, often go first to friends, online, the refrigerator, the stash of dark chocolate, and all sorts of self-medicating activities before submitting our plans and desires to Jesus. We think our ways will get us what we want, and we're not so sure about liking what God wants for us. We prefer our own compass, even wobbly and not quite accurate, rather than the one the Bible offers. And this is faulty thinking. We want a meaningful life, and we spend our time on meaningless online activities. We want purpose and direction, and we follow guides whose only purpose is to make money off of us. We want peace, and we fret about missing out. It's all backwards and upside down. I'm notoriously bad at determining directions. If my husband is unsure of which way to turn while out driving, he'll ask me, what do you think? And I'll respond, oh, everything in my gut says to turn right. Then he turns left. Because we both know I have opposite direction disorder. I'm joking. It's it's not a disorder, but it's freaky how upside down and convoluted my sense of direction is. One time, when I first got a phone with map apps, I, it was telling me to go a certain way. And I looked at the horizon. The sun was setting in the west. And I thought, okay, I know the sun sets in the west. I know a better way. This app has to be wrong. And of course, I ended up lost. I treated the app as if it were making suggestions, as opposed to having more reliable, concrete information than I did. The GPS system that smartphones use was first developed by the U.S. military for its own use, but now is used by all of us. They work by finding radio signals from a network of GPS satellites. Once a device has located several satellites, it can figure out your position by triangulating from the satellites. In other words, Big Brother is watching and has a literal bird's eye view of your path. It doesn't rely on intuition or feeling. It's scientifically accurate. How totally laughable of me to ignore its instructions. How completely wrongheaded of me to think my internal compass and intuition work better. Peter said to Jesus, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. John six sixty eight. We know this in our heads, but our hearts and feelings lead us astray. I don't recall Jesus ever asking anyone how they felt about the truth he offered. So, Peter, does this sound good to you? How do you feel about it? Said Jesus, never. The truth is the truth, whether or not we feel good about it or like it. We can pretend that gravity doesn't apply to us but we'll suffer the consequences. The Christian walk is never about letting our feelings drive us. It's about letting his faithfulness guide us. This is the opposite of what we hear all the time. Listen to your heart. Your gut will tell you. That method of direction can change dramatically depending on hormones and what we ate last night. The psalmist writes, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 119.105 The word of God shows us where we stand and where we are going. 
It matters not what our feelings or gut says about it. And while it won't show you the path 20 years from now, it's faithful and accurate for today and every day. And that's a guidance positioning system that will work in daytime or nighttime and in any hemisphere forever. If you've enjoyed this chapter about compasses, I've created something to help remind you of what compass to use for direction in life. It's a little poster I made with one of my favorite verses, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So it's a little eight and a half by 11 watercolor compass along with this verse. A nice little poster you can put on the refrigerator or the bathroom mirror to remind you this is the compass to give your life direction, meaning, and purpose. Just go to lauriekaler.com forward slash compass and download it for yourself. And may you never be lost. See you next time. Mm-hmm.